0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today
1: with Byte. ACAST powers the world's
2: best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is the briefing room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you small-town dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com
1: Welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. And each episode our special guest brings with them a movie that traumatized them as a child.
0: This week our guest is Andrew Lasane. He's a freelance artist and writer with bylines all over the internet, including at Colossal, Mental Floss, Complex, and more. When he's not writing, he's customizing sneakers and footwear with incredible hand-painted horror designs. Welcome to the show, Andrew.
1: Oh, that was that was awesome. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so before we do, kind of get to your creative stuff, because I I I gotta know about your your horror designs. But can you take us back to the beginning? How did you get introduced to horror?
3: Actually, I was trying to do homework for this very <laughs> very occasion because my my memory is terrible. Apparently, so is the memory of my mother, who was no help in this situation. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's always always been horror for for my family. It's me, my mom, and my sister, and like. As long as I can remember, we've been watching horror movies or like horror adjacent stuff. My mom was really big into Tales from the Crypt. Oh yeah, so we watch that uh, a lot. And cool. I know recently on the podcast, Terry, you mentioned like the Simpsons uh, references, yeah, to horror movies. Yeah, I, that was like life for a really long time. So I, I got references to horror movies long before I actually saw a lot of them. As far as like the actual movies, my mom never really like stopped us from watching anything. It was like okay. it, it was just me, my mom, and my sister. So whatever she watched, we watched basically. Yeah. So yeah, I have really, we were really young watching like Candyman and
1: Oh wow. pumpkin, <laughs> Head and like lots. Oh my of, god,
3: pumpkinhead. L- yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's another yes, movie I'd love to talk about on the podcast sometime. I love that. I love that movie. Do you remember what your you, you probably oh, you said your memory's a little shoddy? But do you remember what your first horror movie was?
3: I don't. I my I remember teasing my sister. My sister's thirteen months older than me, so we're mm. basically the same age. Oh. But I remember she was really afraid of of a uh, leprechaun. Oh, yeah. oh, so I don't know it was the first one, but we were pretty young when we saw that. Oh.
2: I isn't love it that. funny
0: isn't it funny the movies that scare you when you're a kid and you watch them and you're like, Oh that was Leprechaun. Like yeah. that <laughs> that was the movie that like gave me nightmares and terrified yeah. me.
1: There's still some really some really dark stuff in it, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Hard some of enough. the kills in that were actually really kind of violent from what I remember. It's been so yeah. long since I've seen it, but I just remember like a lot of the kind of gory kills. Yeah,
3: it's 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 something for a kid to be watching. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, aside from the movie we're talking about today, uh, do you remember any other films that really scared you as a kid?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, there was. Have you guys ever seen the first Power? The
2: first Power.
3: No. That oh. sounds familiar to me. It's. I know Lou Diamond Phillips is in it, and like, I don't yes. know who else. But
1: okay, I've I've not seen this one, but the poster. I remember seeing the poster art in in uh, in the VHS, you know, island stuff, and being terrified mm-hmm. of it.
3: Yeah, there was some scenes in that that were really spooky. It's like it's like a soul hopping movie, so kind of like Fallen with Denzel mm. Washington, but it's like mm. the guy. I think he's like a serial killer, and he can like put his like soul in different bodies. But there's this one scene where like a woman like flies up to like a a window, but they're like in like a skyscraper, so she like shouldn't be that high, and she just like <laughs> twirls up to the window, and it's it's like a homeless woman, and it's really really terrifying. <laughs> So it's, like, stuff like that. Obviously, to this day, I can't watch the scene in Gremlins where he gets wet and just, like, his skin bubbles. Like, that just creeps me out for some reason. Yeah, it's, like, obviously Gremlins is not terrifying. But, yeah, certain certain scenes and things just really got under my skin when I was little.
0: Okay, but I will say, Gremlins is deceptively terrifying, especially when you're like, oh, it's a cute Christmas, like, movie. And then you watch it, and you're like, holy shit, this is (laughs) actually rather gory.
1: Yeah well and and that scene in particular i I definitely feel like it references the idea of body horror because you have like mm-hmm. these kind of pus bob like bubbles popping on his back it's so it's really
3: uh, gross it's, it is it's so weird because now I think I gravitate towards like special effects more than anything now
2: mm-hmm.
3: just like and that's like an awesome effect, but when I was a kid i just i like, i couldn't couldn't take it. It was like too real for me yeah i <laughs> I can imagine. But then we were also watching like like Puppet Master and Exorcist and Dinner, and like all these like Stephen King movies and a lot of other really weird shit, so I don't it's, know why
1: it's funny when you think about how like certain things will just bother you when you could also be watching on Iron Elm Street or thinner or yeah. something with like really gross effects, and it's like, oh, this is really cool it's it's that's a weird I wonder what 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 that cause co- what causes that that kind yeah, of just.
3: Some deep psychology there that I am not aware of.
0: <laughs> what draws you to the horror genre now as an adult? I don't.
3: I don't really know. It's not one mm. particular thing.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
3: I. Uh, I think this was you, Terry, on Twitter at one point. My sister is the kind of person who, if it's like any like thriller aspect to the movie, she like her brain starts turning like right at the beginning, and she wants to figure everything out.
2: Yeah, but mm. I.
3: I'm glad that I'm not that kind of person. Like, the most obvious shit in a movie could go right over my head, and I'm just, like, in it for the experience. Yep. And um, <laughs> I envy that. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's also, I do. It's,
3: I mean, it's weird, because I, I went to college. I was a American Studies major in undergrad, and then I got my Master's in, like, Media, Culture, and Communications. Oh, So, cool. like, when I was in school, I, like, wrote a lot about, like, media and TV and movies and stuff, and, like, doing deep analyses and all that but it's like now I luckily I can still just like turn that part off when I watch movies so I don't really know what there's like not one particular genre that I uh like more than others it's just like like story basically is the, the main thing that pairs all my favorite horror movies together now
0: well, yeah I'm the same way with turning my brain off I just like I could do it but it's like I just want to enjoy it
3: yeah it is a, it is a blessing I'm glad I'm not <sighs> like a critic because I can I don't I don't understand how some people just, like, watch everything with a a critical eye. It seems like it would take away from it, but... It's exhausting. Yeah,
0: it's exhausting. (laughs) Like, I'll turn off my brain to, like, not solve the end, but I will not turn off the part of my brain that's like, how could I pitch this to another website? It's it's a curse. It really sucks.
3: I I definitely understand. As someone who, like, freelanced for many, many years, it's like, you're you're always thinking of that that next job.
0: (sighs) It's... Again, blessing and a curse. Fun to write, but also, like, I cannot think, watch a movie without being like, hmm, what can I write about this next? (laughs) Oh my
1: God. (laughs) Or you get to the point where it's like you're constantly searching out things because you know you can write about it instead of Mm. watching. Other things like I haven't watched Minari yet, you know. So yeah. Me either. Oh my uh, God,
0: Minari is so good. Anyway, I just watched
3: uh, this is not horror related at all. But I just watched Raya and the Last Dragon recently. How, <gasps> how was that? Oh, so it's was good. it? I, it hit me right in the feels. So yeah, they, they, it looks so good. It is really oh, good,
0: and it looks gorgeous.
3: Yeah, it's the kind of thing that I wish I could have seen on the big screen, but oh it's yeah, the, the yeah. <laughs>
0: Do you ever still get like that childhood fear watching horror as an adult?
3: Um, sometimes it's I think the last time it happened was with Host. Mm. And it wasn't. Oh, I don't, yeah. I've realized about myself recently that I don't I don't normally get like, quote unquote, scared anymore. But I'll find myself if something's like making me uncomfortable, it'll be the moment that I like pick up my phone and start. Looking at Instagram for no reason, like in the middle of a movie, <laughs> it's like you do anything to distract yourself from, like, when really when things get really real in movies.
0: I do I do something similar. I'm like, oh well, if I'm not looking, I don't have to jump. <laughs>
3: yeah, That's the, the funny thing, my mom, like I said, she is the one who like basically got us into horror movies. Like my mom and my aunt. But now that I'm older and I try to watch horror movies with my mom, I see her just like hiding her face a lot, and I wonder if Aww. she did that when we were. When we were kids, and I just didn't notice. It's like, why are you watching the movie? Are you just gonna like not watch
1: half the movie? <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: I you know I was thinking you guys are talking about like the habits that you do for uh, th- to like distract you. I find mm-hmm. myself that like I have tried so hard to not bite my nails, but if I get into a movie where it's like. Intense, I will find myself unconsciously biting my nails and then I'll Mm -hmm. end up getting rid of like three weeks worth of like (laughs) work on not chewing my fucking nails.
0: I'm the same way. Like, I still am dealing with that, but like, I will, especially in movie theaters, like, it happens a lot in movie theaters Mm -hmm. because I can't, I can't like distract myself with my phone. And so I just like start chewing on my fingernails and I'm like, and that's how I know if I got really, if it was like a really good horror movie, depending Mm -hmm. on like how (laughs) gross my hands, like, that's really. Really gross, but, you
3: know. <laughs> yeah, in, in theaters, I tend to... I think I start watching other people.
2: Oh.
3: I'm, like, kind of... unlike. I mean, I still... I don't want to sound like some, like, macho guy. Like, I obviously still get scared of things, but it's mostly, like, enjoyment of, like, the fear of other people around me. Mm. This is always... Yeah. I'm not, like, a, a screamer, but there's always that one person who's, like, hiding behind the seat or, like, <laughs> about to cry when things get... Oh, thing I love getting. those people. It's, it's so good. Oh,
0: my God. What it's was so, the last... What was the last movie? Like, I know it's been a year since any of us have been in an yeah. actual theater, but like, what was a really good theater experience you had where that happened? I always love hearing about that.
3: I think it might have been Hereditary, but I oh, saw that yes. in theaters. Oh, yes. I think I saw that in theaters three times, so I don't really remember oh, the. Up. I didn't obviously didn't look around a lot the first time, but the second and third times, it's like the scene where she's in the corner.
2: Oh, this is the
3: best! that
1: is
2: the oh. best scene
1: to introduce people to where it's <laughs> so like good. you're just waiting for them to see it yeah in a movie theater and like you can hear when people oh, yeah. notice because the, the sound oh just like God. goes
3: around it's so good
0: yes it's so that was like my favorite theater experience like everyone together was just like loving it but also hating it and like yeah. having a good time and like it was silent for a lot of it and then mm-hmm. like especially with that part where um she's in the corner everyone was like Oh, what the fuck?
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's like that, and I guess more recently it was uh, Coco D, Coco Day, or Mm. Uh, Coco I saw that at a a free screening at IFC here in Manhattan, and it's like that movie is just so, like, relentless, and, like, the same thing happens over and over, obviously, so it's like, at certain parts I was getting uncomfortable, but then it was, like, older women... It's a really weird thing to see a movie with like with a crowd that's seen it for free because it's a very yeah a very different like group of people yeah
0: they probably had no fucking idea what they were getting into either
3: <laughs> like especially I mean, with that movie I didn't have an idea what I was getting into it was... No, I don't think anyone ever does when they watch that movie oh god <laughs> for better or for worse <laughs> when certain things happen in that movie just like uh, you like you're cringing so hard and like you can't go anywhere or do anything but. Ugh. But yeah, the reactions of people around me made it way more enjoyable.
1: Oh, I kind of want to see that movie with an audience now. I've only ever s- seen it like on screeners. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I watched it as a screener and I was reacting to it. I was like sitting in my living room like, what? <laughs> like I was doing like, like loud reactions. So
3: yeah, I've always been curious. I like I've gotten a couple screeners in my life just from like work stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm really curious, like what the difference is for people who see like most movies on well, I guess now that's everyone, but people who see most movies on screeners <laughs> rather than in a theater experience, because obviously there's some movies that play well at home, but it seems like a lot is lost when you're just like, especially when there's like watermarks and shit on the screen. <sighs>
0: yeah, it's Tell not my it. favorite way, but like it's also the best way to cover festivals when you're poor, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like can't <laughs> can't really travel. Like it, ha- they have been like a lifesaver in that regard. And sometimes, like, some of the movies that I cover aren't in theaters either. But, like, when theaters were happening, I still went to theaters quite a bit to watch movies. Mm -hmm. But it feels like a distant... I was like, wait, when was the last time I went to a movie theater? But the the watermarks do... Detract depending so on who gives them to you. It's
3: Annoying. I don't I, like you're, I get you're, it, gi- but your 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 name like
0: <laughs> g- your name giant in the middle, and you're like I can't <laughs> see anything. Like <laughs> I'll this be honest, is the property.
3: It was like we know. I'm not like gonna leak your movie. Just chill out.
1: <laughs> I'll be honest. The my review of Haunt was probably. Adversely affected because there was a giant from or er, Entertainment One, which is the longest name ever, just <laughs> across the entire middle se- screen of the t- of the TV, and I'm like, how am I supposed to get into this movie? Yeah, when that's what I'm staring
3: at. That and well, this is I guess to a lesser extent, but I feel that sometimes with foreign films too, like I can't mm. physically read and like pay full attention to something at the same time. Like I obviously, I mean, I'm just not like to rag on. Movies with subtitles, obviously, but I can't, like, there's. I feel like there's a disconnect with my brain when my eyes are, like, moving across the bottom of the screen, and you can't watch, like, emotion on people's faces and stuff, so.
2: Oh, but screen well, are just, like, a
3: different level of, like, annoyance with that. Because, like, the, whatever they're putting on the screen is not, like, relevant to the plot of the movie, obviously.
1: I don't know, Entertainment One was very relevant to the plot of Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: just, like, Ugh, anyway, it's it is very frustrating. But also, like sometimes you're like, all right, I'll deal with it. But then when they're that big, you're like, there's no reason for this. Like, yeah. and a lot of the time, movies like I haven't watched like a bigger release that has that on there. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a trust there with critics. They're not gonna like leak. Well, hopefully, they're not gonna leak your shit. Like, I would hope that <laughs> everyone would be respectful. But
3: yeah, just as a just a disclaimer, if any uh, studios are listening to this, still send. Terry and Mary Beth, all the screeners.
2: They, <laughs> they yes, please. <laughs> they I'll
1: even read it, even if there's a giant entertainment one in front of it, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a favorite horror movie as an adult? Ooh, um, I fluctuate
3: between The Thing and The Shining. I know, Terry, you're not a huge <laughs> Shining fan. But
1: I'll meet you halfway, the... though, because I love The Thing.
3: Yeah, those are two damn near perfect movies, in my opinion. I, I will watch them any time of day it's just so good hell yeah
0: yeah steve um, my partner steve and i will just be like hey want to watch the thing like it's our go-to like hey want to watch it like the middle of the day it's literally it's the best movie
3: it's so good and also it's i mean it's a it's a weird double-edged thing that i'm dealing with right now because i've been posted i know we're going to talk about like my shoes in a in a bit but i someone asked me to do a pair of the thing uh themed customs and mm. I've been struggling with the design, even though I, like, know the movie like the back of my hand. And I've seen it, like, 10,000 times. But I was, like, trying to trying to tell, not really tell the story of the movie, but trying to, like, encapsulate everything that the movie is in, like, Ugh. two images or whatever on the shoe. is just so fucking weird. Well, you know, and there's,
0: like, so many iconic images in that movie. Right. Exactly. You're like, which was, ones like, do what... I fucking pick? Right. I
3: would, need to, I would need to do, like, 20 different shoes just for that one movie. I don't really see a problem with that, though.
0: Yeah, true. (laughs) Just like a line of custom The Thing shoes. Oh, I would purchase them. Obviously.
1: So, I I mean, you kind of brought it up. So how how did you turn your love into shoes into something creative?
3: I don't know, to tell you the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I guess you guys can't see me right now, but there It's like a maybe 65 shoes behind me. And then... Oh, my God. The reason I'm like not pers- recording... Like
0: personal pairs of, personal yeah, pairs of personal shoes? Yeah, personal
3: pairs. Okay, cool. And the reason I'm not recording in the only closet in my apartment, because there's, like, another 40 or 50 in there. Oh, so I... oh. <laughs> But, my like, God. at a point... I think I started customizing in 2006 or 2007. I started college in 2006. So it was, like, around that time. But it's more of a... It was, like, necessity, because, like, obviously... You can, I can keep buying shoes as long as, like, there's some money in my pocket. Right. But, like, at some point, like, the brands aren't making the things that I want on my shoes.
2: Mm.
3: And it gets annoying as a quote-unquote sneakerhead when you, it doesn't matter how, like, how limited the shoes are. There's always someone else who, like, who's wearing the shoes. And it's really, really sad when you, like, pull out this really crispy pair of shoes and, like, walk down the block and you see, like, three people wearing the same shit. (laughs)
2: it's
3: heartbreaking (laughs) so yeah at some point i mean i've always done like some form of art i guess even though i failed as an art minor in college but that's a a different story i uh and then at some point i just like decided that i wanted to combine my art with shoes and like make one of a kind things that no one else was going to have and then at some point people started seeing that and they Wanted me to do the
1: same for them. Well, I feel like the horror genre in particular is such a a Mm -hmm. good area for custom design, like whether it's shoes or whether it's like you had mentioned at one point, maybe customizing a microphone or something like that. Like, (laughs) I think that horror and those images and anything really kind of goes together much more than, well, any other genre, really. Yeah. And the
3: art for like horror is one of the things that I actually started getting like really deep into it beyond just whatever my mom was buying the art was like one of the things that pulled me in because i'm definitely a, a blockbuster kid mm-hmm. and it's like mm. the weekly visit where you were just the three of us like you walk in the door and then you just like part ways and like run around the store and just like look <laughs> at all the all the stuff and like sometimes my mom would let us pick a movie or two and it was like always always based on the covers never based on like, yeah. the synopsis of yeah. anything else I think that's how we saw, like, there's, like, a horror, like, Rumpelstiltskin movie. I don't know if you guys have ever yes, seen that, but Yes, I
1: have actually seen that
3: movie because of the cover. Yeah, definitely a cover, cover pick, because if you, like, read the synopsis or knew what that movie was about, it's like, no one really needs to see that movie, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to re- I don't even remember what it was about, I just, I remember that, that cover and being like, I gotta, I gotta read this movie. Yeah,
3: it's, from what, I haven't seen it in probably over 20 years or whatever, but yeah, it's... From what I remember it's not really worth if you know the story of Rampo Steelskin, you you're set. You don't really need to see that.
0: I have to ask, my little brother is a huge sneakerhead. Like I did not <laughs> understand it until he started getting into it. And like I'll whenever I go home, he's like, Let me show you my new shoes and like <laughs> They are cool as fuck. I will say, like (laughs) he. But so, do you do the whole thing? Like you go, like you buy the limited ones on drops. Do you sell shoes? Like do you do that kind of stuff? Like the buying and selling and trading and all that crazy shit. I
3: I did when I first moved to New York in twenty ten, right after undergrad. I moved here for for grad school, and -hmm. it was a lot easier to get shoes then. I mean, obviously, if you had the money, it was a lot easier to get shoes then because you do. Like, midnight releases, and you would just go to a store at maybe, oh, like, that's
0: tr- yeah.
3: 9.30 or 10 in, like, midtown Manhattan. you just, like, stand in line for a few hours. The doors would open. You would go in, and, like, there used to be, like, a two-pair limit for sneakers. Uh. Like, if you got there early enough, it was really easy to get shit. So you would go in, get the two pairs, and I had, like, me and my friend Mike would get the two pairs and then get on the line again and then get two more pairs. <laughs> We, there's a store here called Flight Club that has basically any sneaker you could ever want that's like any Nike, Reebok, whatever, that's released Uh. over the last like 10, 15 years. But they do, it's a consignment store, so you would go in and you could either sell directly to them, but the more common thing, you would go in and they would tell you like what the value, quote unquote value is. And it would be, uh, I think, an 80-20 split. So, like, when they sell the shoe, then you get uh, 80% of the commission, and they t- keep oh. the 20. Oh. So, yeah, when I moved here, like, that's that's basically what the sneaker, like, quote-unquote, sneaker game, if you want to call it that, what <laughs> it is now. It's, like, all kids online with bots And they just like buy all the shoes as soon as they release, and then yeah, (laughs) similar to what's going on with PlayStation Fives and everything else. Yeah,
0: oh, I just learned about this all from my brother, who like he does the online stuff and Mm, like buys and resells, and like it's crazy. And he was he's always telling me how much things cost, and I was like, how the one where the fuck are you getting all that money? (laughs) I'm like, Tommy, you're 18. Like, what is happening?
3: yeah it's definitely a, a young man's game now like i i don't do it as often now because i don't really have to but when i moved here that's i made quite a bit of money doing that because it it's was wild easier to. yeah
0: it's crazy and you i didn't even think about like in new york it's probably so much easier because you can go to the stores and like yeah it used it's way easier it used to go to, to drops be. yeah well yeah and now it's crazy and <laughs> all online
3: yeah even when things release now it's like when there is an in-store release when you get there the first maybe like 25 people in line are all like under 19 years old there's always a bunch of kids <laughs> wow
1: it's so bizarre
0: and like wow. my brother my brother poses on instagram in his unboxing it's very he's gonna hate that i say it's cute because he's like a teenager. <laughs> like he's 18 like as an adult but it's very it's very fun to watch because i was like sneakers but he loves it so you know did he
3: oh excuse me did he tell you about the um the recent debacle at nike with sneaker reselling? No, what? I don't think what? so. <laughs> uh, I don't know. In this, I mean, it really won't be old news by the time this episode comes out. But there's a a woman at Nike recently left the company after 25 years because people found out that her son was like a huge reseller, and like may or may not have been getting like insider information <gasps> from her. Oh, <laughs> and he's yeah, he had like a he has an I think his account is still up on Instagram. But it's, like, the kind of reseller who's like, he's, like, posing in front of, like, 200 boxes of, uh, like, a really oh, limited wow. sneaker that people can't get one of. Oh. And he had like, he was, like, renting a warehouse space and like, using his mom's credit card to buy, like, $130,000 worth of sneakers. And Jesus. There's this whole... Uh, the funny thing is he did... Like the only reason he got caught or quote unquote caught, because he was, I mean, he's like, he blurs out his face on Instagram, but people figured out who he was because he did like this like tell all interview with, I forget who the publication was, but basically he was like chasing the clout on online and like did a full interview about like how many pairs he has and like how long he's been doing it and all this stuff. And someone like did the, like pulled the receipts and found out like his real name and wow. who his mom was and this whole thing.
1: That's wild.
3: She, yeah. So he basically ruined his mom's twenty-five year career. But yeah. It's,
0: oh my god. Oops. It's a different podcast. <laughs> Yikes. This is fascinating. Before we transition to the movie we're talking to, can you tell me your favorite pair that you've designed? Or is that oh, difficult? Uh,
3: um sorry, I'm, I'm looking behind me to see what's what's <laughs> visible. Uh it's probably the the Us Converse that I did. Mm. Yeah. Um, not really. I mean, the design is cool. I obviously came out with it, so I like it. But I think <laughs> the reason they're my favorite currently is because they... It's the pair that Matthew Cherry, who... I don't know if you guys familiar with who that is. Uh, yeah, Matthew Cherry, he's like an author. And so he... I don't know if he still does, but he worked with Monkey Paw for a while. And he saw... Them online uh, on Twitter because I posted them and was like I want to give these to Jordan Peele. And then Matthew Cherry saw them and DM'd me and was like I could probably make this happen. And then uh, he did, and I ended up making two pairs of Jordans for Jordan Peele that That's were right. us themed,
0: like, casual, whatever. That's yes. <laughs> wild. So cool. It was funny. It's,
3: he was actually supposed to wear one to the premiere. I think it was um whatever one of those. Festival, like music slash movie festivals. I forget which one it was. But uh, I was like rushing to finish them and like send it out to him because he was going to maybe wear one for the premiere and then that didn't actually end up happening. But yeah, it, it was it was really cool. Like, they, I think one is in his personal collection now and the other one is like on display at Monkey Bar or something. Which that's, I mean, that's what that's I hear. So that's so cool.
1: amazing. Yeah.
3: It was, it's, I mean, I've that's had surreal. a lot of. Yeah, I've had a lot of cool like in the past like two two or three years. It's been insane the amount of like, Barbara Crampton follows me on Twitter now. I'm just like, casual.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> whatever.
3: Uh, it's like I've had like Don. I made shoes for Matt Donato of uh, mm-hmm. another, another podcast. Oh, uh,
0: the Chucky ones, <laughs> was, right?
3: Yeah, I made Bride of Chucky shoes for him. Bride of
0: Chucky, yeah.
3: And Don Mancini saw them on Twitter and was like, I want these. I was like, all right, Don Mancini, the man who fucking invented <laughs> Chucky. <laughs> it's like, I'll make you whatever you want. It hasn't happened yet, but it's, I'm definitely going to keep knocking on that door. It's like, William Sadler saw one of my shoes, I mean, one of my shirts online and wanted it because I made, sorry, this is a, Quick, quick tangent related to the shit that I do. The way that I met Phil, Nobel Junior of Fangoria fame, was it was like a whole Twitter back and forth between him and like the guys who ran the the Fangoria account. They always had this like like fake like quote unquote beef oh, yeah. going yeah. on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> yeah.
3: And back when uh, when Cats came out, the it was like a, a joke going around that they were going to turn the logo into Fergoria for the yeah. magazine.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And
3: there was a like a, a signing in New York City at this store, Fantastic Planet. And I showed up at the signing to like get my issue signed by Phil and I think it was like Tim Timpone Pone and uh someone that, there was like a couple other people there. But I showed right. up in a shirt with the Fur No, I <laughs> lied, sorry. I'm mixing up two different stories. I think the first time was the Fango McFango face. Well, everything <laughs> I <heard made> They were trying to think of a name to, like, change the... Yeah, it was this whole thing. But I showed up in a Fango McFango face shirt. I got Phil to sign it. And then the next signing, I showed up in the, the Fergoria shirt. And I think Ugh. I gave Phil a couple. And then, uh, yeah, it was this whole thing. But uh, I forget where I was going with that story. What did I, what was I talking about? Sorry, I'm, I'm having a beer. So maybe my, my mind is wandering. Oh, we were just
0: talking about your favorite designs. That's all. We were just talking about that.
3: I've had a lot of really cool things happen, just like in the past couple of years. course community's like amazing. Yeah, it's it's really cool.
0: And we all love our custom shit that we can't find anywhere else. So <laughs> it's the best. I have your Nia DeCostas candyman shirt.
3: Oh yeah, that's it that was another th- I yeah, love it. It's, it's so many fucking oh I love it here. It's really cool. <laughs> we <laughs> love does, having you does, here.
0: It, we've done so many cool things. Like it's amazing. And I one day I'm going to buy shoes from you. I already have an idea, so I'm so uh, excited. I'm here
3: anytime that's the other weird thing that's why I'm glad that I get to do shirts and some other stuff, because I understand that not everyone, like, a wants custom shoes or like can afford custom shoes. So it's it's really cool to be able to just like make a cool twenty dollars shirt supporting a movie yeah. that I, I really fucking wish I could see already. But oh, I know the fact yeah, that we oh haven't seen
1: that yet is just it's it's killing me. I it's so fucking. I want to see it. I want to see it so bad. Like, that is the movie this year that I, I want to see above anything else, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really great movies, hopefully, hopefully, that are coming out this year. <laughs> but, like, that one is, like, right there at the top. I was so excited yeah. last year. The fact year that and... she
3: knows my name now is also uh, insane to me. That's crazy. It's really. Yeah, that is geez, crazy. So... Actually, I got to shout out my friends, uh, Wendy and Kevin, who they run, like, a weekly online trivia um
2: mm-hmm. game
3: for this movie theater in brooklyn called nighthawk and um and nia da costa like and her friends were just randomly like fans of the the trivia and they would play every week like i didn't know who she was at the time they she like came on and did like a a guest uh round of trivia oh my gosh and at one point my friends just like like shouted me out during trivia i was like yeah andrew made like this the nia da costa um nia da costa's shirt and she like she was like what? And the chat, and she like <laughs> hit me up on Instagram after and like I told her I just like sent her that shirt and I sent her one of the like the black horror director shirts that also has her name yeah. on it. Ow. That's
0: so cool. Fuck yeah. Ca- like whatever, casual just sending <laughs> I, have, I love it.
3: I have peaked. There's nowhere else to go from
1: that. <laughs> I mean it's quite a, a nice peak though. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's not like a bad re- one.
1: Retire happy. There you go. <laughs>
0: So transitioning into the movie you brought with you today, Andrew, what are we talking about Mm -hmm. today?
3: We are talking about titties for Terry. No, I'm kidding. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Titties for Terry. Titties for Terry. (laughs) Bring the hashtag back, please.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
3: (laughs) We are actually talking about the best horror anthology of all time, (gasps) Tales from the Dark Side, the movie.
2: I love that you just said that.
0: <laughs> so, for those unfamiliar, uh, a young boy tells three horror stories about mummies, cats from hell, and gargoyles to distract a witch who plans to eat him. So, Andrew, <clears throat> tell us your horror story about this <clears throat> movie. Like, how old were you when you saw it? What effect did it have on you? Just, like, tell us that story.
3: Yeah. Um. Again, I don't remember the exact age, but it was pretty young. I was pretty young when I first saw it. Because uh, something else I didn't mention earlier, my... The way I saw most movies as a kid was my grandmother worked at, like, a bookstore slash, like, rental place. And she, like, so she could get movies for free, basically. And then we would bring them home and, like, record them on, like, a VHS. So we (laughs) had these, she had, like, a full full bookcase of VHSs that had, like, three movies each on each VHS. It would be, like, renting movies from her house, basically, or just, like, (laughs) watching them over there. So it's like a lot of movies that I saw when I was really young were that's how we saw them. Tales from the Dark Side was just always in the mix somehow, and I I don't know if my mom ever watched the show, but it was like basically the same or not really the same, but it was in the same vein as Tales from the Crypt. So it's like the kind of stuff that we really like to watch. So like I the thing that stood out to me from Tales from the Dark Side to this day was the third uh, segment, mm. which I'm sure we will we will get into. So it's like not really. I wasn't. I was never really. "Quote unquote," scared. I know a lot of people mistake this podcast as the uh, scared for life podcast. I was, it definitely scarred me. Yeah, and it, uh, it's probably why I will. I am not in a relationship today because I don't trust women. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: I, uh,
2: <laughs> All women are gargoyles.
0: <laughs> You have exposed us for what we really are. You
1: better watch that, Andrew. They're gonna start descending on your on your apartment now.
3: I was gonna say this is either gonna be like the most controversial episode. I'm just gonna say really wild shit to get cancelled from being on this podcast. But, uh,
1: But yeah, no, no,
3: nothing from it really scared me. But uh, there were certain things in the movie that just, like, stuck with me since, like, the first time I saw it. One was obviously the entire third segment, but also the fucking cat crawling out of the guy's mouth. Oh, my God. uh, (laughs) There's just, like, so many visuals in this that, I don't know, maybe kids should not see, but fuck that. I think kids should see whatever they want to see, so.
1: Hell yeah. I agree. Oh, my God. It's the
3: best. It is
0: the best. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Okay. So, women are gargoyles. Discuss. That's it. Women's are, women are gargoyles. That's the end of the episode. That's all we wanted to talk about. Like, it's over. Everybody, our secret is exposed. We have to go.
1: Anyway. So I, I think because this this movie is, is like... Well, it's an anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a lot of questions I want to ask about this gargoyle thing, but let's let's I guess <laughs> let's start from the very beginning with uh, this wraparound, because, um, well, I'll, I'll say I saw this movie as a kid as well. And I remember the poster in particular mm-hmm. because it, it was like the right amount of like gremlins, but it also seemed a little bit more sinister. Like the it's a it's an image of kind of the, the gargoyle from the movie, although it kind of has cat's eyes a little bit and it's holding a book and it's reading from it and it's like. It's delightfully macabre, but it also seems playful enough that it could be for a kid, even though it's rated mm-hmm. R and incredibly gory. It's one <laughs> of those movies that seems like it could be a kids' movie in a way.
3: Yeah, and it had one of the the Lawrence brothers in it, so it's like,
1: oh my god, I forgot about that until he showed up in <laughs> the very beginning, and I'm like, oh my god, it's Matthew Lawrence.
3: For some I think. Growing up, I always thought it was Andrew Lawrence. Maybe just because he had my name, but yeah, the, it was the the middle Lawrence brother.
1: So young, such a
3: kid. Were you familiar with the the Lawrence's, uh, Marybeth? No. <laughs> have,
1: you, have you ever seen Blossom?
0: No.
3: <laughs> yeah, the older <laughs> brother uh, Joey was. I think I guess he was the most famous one at the time. Yeah.
0: Whoa. <laughs> are they, are they all in. are they all in horror are they all in horror am I just like a dumb no, no. It's, uh,
3: just this one was. It, well actually I don't know if the other ones ever did horror movies but they were just like famous okay. for being like TV stars I guess
1: yeah J- Joey Lawrence was in um, he was in the TV show Blossom um, with the <laughs> one actress that would end up on Big Bang Theory Mayim Bialik Bialik mhm she had like a television show oh. <laughs> getting silenced from Mary Beth. Mary Beth is like, I have no idea what you are talking about right now. No,
3: I, don't, <laughs> I, have, I no have no do of no. this.
0: Oh, okay. I know who one of them is. the The young one, Andrew. I think so. It's so. Weird. I don't know because I like, am sorry. You... I was born. I'm I'm a little
1: young. I don't know. No, it's fine. <laughs> I was
3: gonna say I. I think I'm directly in the middle. Um. Yeah. I was born in '88, so I'm right between you two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That. That. And I was. I was wondering about that because. Because. Um, I think that if you weren't conscious from a certain like because when were you born Mary Beth you were
0: 1993
1: yeah because like I I know I mean Blossom would have ended when you were like two so (laughs) 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 chance of you ever seeing that
0: Matthew was in Miss Mrs. Doubtfire oh he was Mrs. Doubtfire okay yeah 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 he was also
1: in the hot chick
0: oh I haven't seen that movie
1: in a hot minute And he was, he was my, he was born like, I think a year before me. So like, I have always had, I've always had a huge crush on him. More him than Joey? Yes, actually. Uh, Yeah. And I I remember in particular when I was still closeted, like going to see the hot chick and just being so in love with him.
3: What are you talking about, Terry? You're a. You're a straight white man.
1: Oh my god. That episode just posted and I let me tell you, editing that was was like, oh fuck, I, I forgot that I said that. <laughs> I
3: was listening to it today. I was like, wait, what?
1: Like, you didn't catch yourself at first. I was
3: no, like, I wait. Didn't. Did I like misunderstand something about Terry all this time?
0: Yes, the, ga- the really of- dreadful was all of the fucking ruse. His entire like the entire internet presence that Terry has generated uh, for himself is the complete bullshit. Titties for Terry. I'm wearing t-shirts. <laughs> oh,
1: God. Oh, no. Do not tell the artist about that.
3: <laughs> I Actually, funny enough, I was going to make a Titties for Terry shirt just, like, before this recording. It would have been stupid because you guys can't see it, but...
0: Oh, my God. Know. Just, like, post it in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, back to Tales of the Dark Oh, yeah,
3: that's, that's why we're here. Sorry about
1: that's it.
0: why we're here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, Terry, you love this movie. <laughs> I,
1: I, I love this movie. And I'll tell you what. This Okay, so this opening, the wraparound story, um, watching it as an adult and seeing uh, Debbie... Um, Harry? Harry, yes. Deborah, as Deborah, she's credited. As in she's... The... <laughs> <Yes>. Deborah Harry. <laughs> Deborah Harry as this incredibly coiffed, like, witch. Because she just walks out when she's first introduced. And it's like this kind of small town, USA. It feels like it could be next door to, like, uh, the, where the Gremlins is shot. And you have, like, her walking out with, with, these, with these groceries. And she is just looking stylish as hell, only to find out that she is the literal, like, Hansel and Gretel witch, where she's keeping <laughs> a kid <laughs> in the pantry that is actually a cell i'm like this is so fucking wild so cool. i didn't know I would... like
3: obviously i didn't know who she sorry my breath i didn't know who she was I when think... i saw this as a kid no and me I, neither watching it this time i realized like i didn't know who any of these fucking people were except the, <laughs> the lawrence brother and there's yeah. like so many like big names in this movie
0: there are so many big names in this movie it's crazy so i was watching this today on my laptop and my boyfriend walked by and was like is that a like a dungeon cell in the kitchen <laughs> and i was like why yes it is and he's like okay <laughs> it's like what are you watching and then i had to explain like okay it's this and this and this but yeah i always realize that these movies are very interesting to just like see snippets of over my shoulder like the middle of the <laughs> afternoon
1: like whatever it's fine when her casual comments though about like you know, twelve yes! minutes a pound. You have to be in the <laughs> oven no later than one thirty and then talking about eviscerating him. I'm like this is <laughs> this is vicious.
0: I love like I I love really scary witches, but I also love this like aesthetic suburban witch who like is very mm. like Cute, and then it's like, oh, by the way, I eat children for, and like it's for a dinner party. <laughs>
2: yes! Just like, I'm
0: just, I'm just preparing a child for dinner. Like, do they know it's a child? I yeah, had that's somebody. The that. Had.
3: she was on the phone with someone, like I think it's like a dinner party for six or something. She was talking about, but like it's not yeah. clear if the other people know that like, they're gonna be eating a child. It was just like a coven that's coming over. It's, it's really <laughs> Is weird. this
0: a Hannibal situation where we're secretly <laughs> feeding them human flesh, or like are y'all exactly a coven that are like? all come in to hang out and eat kids with on really nice china
3: yeah because yeah, I think she's married so like the yeah, husband she... obviously has to know that there's a, a dungeon in their kitchen <laughs>
1: right that was my question because she she mentions she, she mentions Maybe. a husband on the phone and I'm like okay either a this is a husband that never goes into the kitchen <laughs> or like how does how does he not know <laughs> I had a lot of questions about that yeah.
3: so had you had you seen this before Mary Beth
0: or I but no, oh, I man. had not, actually. Um, I was super excited to watch it because I love Creepshow. Um, we'll probably talk mm. about that. We'll talk about that comparison in a little bit. But yeah. I watched Creepshow when I was younger, and it scared me, but I loved it. Like, it, I loved the practical effects, and I had never actually heard of this movie until, like, a couple of years ago. So I, I was talking to Terry about this before he jumped on. Like, this movie is not talked about enough. Um, it is not.
2: Cre-
0: no, tragic. and I was... It's tragic because this movie's. Fucking rules, <laughs> like this movie, <laughs> fucking rules. And I was thinking about Creepshow the whole time, and like, unfortunately, comparing them. But I, I was so excited to watch this. I love horror anthologies, especially from this t- like from this time period with like the f- special effects. Like mm. it is, mwah, Chef's Kiss. Like <laughs> the effects and gore in this movie are just so fucking good.
3: Done by K and B, the the legendary K and B effects.
0: Just. Oh my god. And so I guess we'll like start talking about the going through this, the the segments. But okay, so lot 249, um mummy. I love mummies. And I know Terry <laughs> loves mummies
1: too. I do. Did this movie, did this segment do anything to you as a kid, Andrew?
3: It didn't. I I first of all, I did not remember that fucking Christian Slater and Steve Buscemi were in it and Julian uh, fucking Moore Julian yeah.
0: Moore
2: <laughs> I, uh. mean, I guess I didn't know
3: who any of those people were as a kid because I just thought there were some some pretty good actors and you know, a mummy
2: the yeah. <laughs> yeah, Steve-
3: uh, the part sorry, the part that I remember most was like him like cutting the mummy up at the end. Uh, the rest of it and like stuffing the flowers in julianne moore's back or in her ribs That was i think those were the two things that stood out more to me as a kid from this segment
0: yeah i when steve buscemi popped up on screen i texted terry and i was like steve (laughs) buscemi can get it i love him he's so cute (laughs) like i love him funny enough
3: i was watching the there's like a special feature on the scream factory disc with the there's like interviews with all the people who made the film and i think I think the woman was a set director. I could be wrong, but she was talking about working on uh, lot 2 for none, and she was saying that like all the women were in love with Steve Buscemi because they were like they were all like New York like Lower East Side types. I just like back when you can afford mm. to live in like Lower Manhattan, and, like Steve <laughs> Buscemi was like like the, the idol of like indie like low budget films. And, like obviously Christian Slater was there too, but she was like they cared more about Steve Buscemi than Slater. That's But awesome. he's got that like yeah.
0: nerdy hot boy vibe. Like mm-hmm. Christian Slater is like hot jock boy vibe. Yeah. Um, Steve Buscemi is like nerdy kind of hipster boy. And it makes sense that like indie <laughs> people who are in indie movies are like, hello, no. I like you and your glasses.
3: <laughs> I think they said Slater was coming off of Heather's at the time. So he was oh, like, oh, wow. Yeah. He was maybe the quote unquote the bigger star, a bigger star than Buscemi, but yeah.
1: This was the second movie that I had seen Christian Slater in, and he uh, he was another guy I had a huge secret <laughs> crush on. And it was because I remember sneaking a movie that – the the first movie I saw him in was this – I don't know how good it is now, but as a kid, I was bored to tears with it. It was The Name of the Rose. And i it's never like, heard of it. It's like based on, on a novel, and it's this – Like medieval historical thing, and he plays like a monk. But there is a scene (laughs) where he is like, you get you get full on ass shot of him as he's like having sex with some woman. And as a kid, I was like, oh, I like Christian Slater. And then I see him in this movie, like maybe a couple (laughs) years later, and I'm like, oh, it's that dude. It's the sexy monk. It's the sexy monk, exactly. (laughs) But the okay, so. The thing that that this did to me as a kid was made me like get educated. <laughs> mm-hmm. I never really thought I love mummies, as, as Mary Beth had mentions, bef- mentioned before, but I never really knew. I never I guess never really considered the fact that there was like a body underneath those um, like wraps. Mm-hmm. When I would watch like the old Universal Studios one, I never really realized that. Of course, they had to embalm them, so they pulled the brains. I, I was reading something yeah, that they actually, I like, think... liquefy the brains and it drains out of the nose is what actually possibly happened. Mm. But, like, seeing that as a kid and being like, oh, yeah, I, I never get, I really this, realized that.
3: This might have been the first, like, obviously now I've been to museums and shit and, like, you hear about the the hook that they use for mm-hmm. the nose, but... This might have been the first time that I I learned that too.
1: Yeah, this was definitely the first time for me, and the fact that they take out the organs and the in the chest and stuff, herbs and flowers and stuff like it, mm-hmm. ma- it makes sense that they would do that. But like, I never really thought about that until this movie, and I was like, oh wow, so this movie educational.
0: <laughs> I love mu- I love mummies, and like I was that kind of kid that like loved Egyptian gods, and like was all about like the jars of organs and shit, um, and. The Mummy, the Brendan Fraser movie, The Mummy, was the first Mm -hmm. one where I learned about that. And I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Um, Like, you know, any normal child. Um, (laughs) But I thought too often about having your brain pulled out through your nose and what that would look like. And I... (laughs) i would always imagine they would literally just like pull your whole brain out of your nose and it would just pop out like out of a movie and they would like deflate and then reinflate and it's just like your whole brain like it wasn't chunks of brain it was just like your whole fucking brain would come out of your nose which obviously is not true but it was always the funniest picture in my head like you just pop out there it is your whole That's,
3: brain that is even more disturbing <laughs> like, yanking full brains out of your nose
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> the gore in this one, though, is um, the fe- the effects in general in the in this in this uh, this anthology Certainly. segment, yeah, thank you, um, I are actually really good. I think I love Lee's death where he gets lifted up and then you see like the hook going up his nose and it's just like a. a Rain pour of blood mm-hmm. that's like pouring down on his feet, and then Susan coming home and of course finding the brains in the fruit the fruit bowl is just like that is an image <laughs> that has like stayed with me ever since I first saw this movie. No,
0: it's so good. Well, and it's we've talked about this, Terry. It's a slasher. It's a mummy it slasher. Why are there not more mummy slashers?
3: It is a very good question. Like I, mean, I would watch, watch a
0: full length movie of a mummy going around with the hook wringing people's <laughs> organs out of the like, out of their bodies, like I would watch it where they have each there's like the jar corresponding jars for your organs, and I want to see the movie where the <laughs> mummy goes around filling the jars with organs and he can put himself back together with people's organs. I wrote it, guys. All right, oh my cool. God. Who wants? Nice. Who wants to get it on the ground floor?
1: With you're, just, you're just giving these ideas away for <laughs> free. For free. I would, don't know uh, how
0: to make. A, I don't know how to make a fucking movie. Someone can have it. <laughs>
3: what would his name be? You got to name the mummy.
0: Oh. oh. Oh no! You put me on the spot. Now I'm not gonna. <laughs> Through a wrench also, in that plan. I, I, on this, as a side note, okay, again with the mummy. Um, you know, the, 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 the woman he's in love with, like the Anak Sailor, I call her Anak Sailor Moon. Like I thought her name was Sailor Moon (laughs) as a kid and I was like, oh my God, Sailor Moon. It's not that at all. Um, so obviously I'm not great with ancient Egyptian names. Um, so I'm probably the, not best, the best person to ask about that. Um, but I'll think about it. Some listener will
3: look it up and let you know.
0: (laughs) Um... Wow. Okay, guys. If you guys, if someone makes that movie, can you just like give me credit? (laughs) Like, I just want a little. I want a little credit. credit (laughs) Yes, please.
1: What I love about this one is that it it kind of pits um, the sort of elitist, rich, uh, entitled class set against uh bellingham who is uh, obviously he's not from that from that world and they everyone like looks down on him but he i love that he gets the the last laugh and it's it's because he says that andy couldn't distinguish a third dynasty sacred skull scroll (laughs) from a piece of post alexandrian pictogram porn (laughs) (laughs) that line and then the fact that like he gets his revenge on all three of them i just i love that it it's this um not untitled this 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 guy that i am assuming he's coming from more of the the either like uh, he's at a a lower class supposedly Mm -hmm. than than the rich people but he gets the last laugh in the end
3: yeah he's probably like the kid on the academic scholarship
1: yeah the only way he could afford to go
3: to school and
1: um.
0: yeah he had to he was leaving was he leaving because he they said he stole something or was he leaving because he didn't get the scholarship
1: he was. Uh, I. He was originally leaving because of the the the, f- the Zuni fetish that was planted in his office when he. Yes. Like... Yes.
0: Academic sabotage. We love you. Love to see it. <laughs> the nerdiest sabotage.
3: I love that it was a, a Zuni fetish at all. <laughs> Definitely, I did not. I didn't clock that when I was a kid. Obviously, because no. I had no idea what the fuck that was.
0: <laughs> They kept saying fetish doll, and I'm like, this is like, and so straight face, like, yeah, Zuni fetish doll. I'm like, oh, yeah, all right.
1: Well, I love that he's so upset with that because he, I, I'm trying to think of where, what, what he exactly said, but he's like, I loathe Zuni athet- aesthetics, is what he says. So <laughs> and it's like, they have these like high minded conversations that as a kid, I'm just like, oh, I, I loathe Zuni athet- aesthetics too. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Like, what does that Same. even mean?
0: Like, what? <laughs> So, okay, moving from the mummy, then there's the, like, linked to mummies, there's that cat, there's the cat scene, oh, or the cat hmm. segment, which is my fa- personal favorite. Oh, yeah? Um, because it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> an old man hires a hitman to kill a cat, which is amazing. <laughs> and I love when cats are villains, because it's just like, because I have two cats who are the dumbest, like, stuck than in a sack of bricks. <laughs> and I love them so much careful. but careful yeah uh-huh. well now i'm gonna say that and they're gonna fucking kill But one of them staring at me right now <laughs> like, yeah, your i'm gonna i'm gonna climb down your throat while you're sleeping bitch um but just like a mat, like i love it when people are like cats are so like demure and scary i'm like have you met a cat though because cats are kind of stupid like in the best <laughs> way i mean that but like this cat like i just love it. black cat's are like oh they're evil and i'm like i that cat probably just wants to sit in your lap like or inside of you like literally wants to get so close to you <laughs> it wants to get
1: inside of you <laughs> yeah
3: i think this movie probably made me like f- semi-afraid of cats i I do I love ah. certain cats, but I think I think like as a whole cats are pretty evil like the whole the part the part in the story where the guy's talking about the cat like stealing the breath like while you're sleeping uh-huh that is that is true i've i've had, uh, I've, I've, had I've like cat sat for a friend, and, like woke up to the cat like pawing at my lips and just had to like lock
1: it out of the because like i don't I don't trust you at all. Uh, I mean I, I I can't refute that because my cat would I had to leave my cat out, out of my room too because she would sit twenty five pound cat on my chest and be like her face like as close as she could get to mine and just purring. So I I can't necessarily <laughs> refute that. But like at the same time, the, the way the cat in this particular movie steals the breath by, like, literally just covering <laughs> that and then literally, like, throwing itself on her face and, like, <laughs> digging his claws into her back and just sort of, like, smothering her with her body. That's like, so oh. funny now,
3: but I'm sure I was, like, horrified when I saw that as a kid. I like, so I have,
0: really I have to share what my cats are doing right now. So, oh. um, So I have two cats. One is 12 Um, one is a kitten and she gets locked out because she's a pain in the ass during recording and he's in here because he just sleeps but right now she is putting her paws underneath the door and he's playing with her paws so like they're (laughs) hitting each other's paws behind like through the door and it's the cutest (laughs) shit I've ever seen and also hysterical as we're talking about cats like stealing breath and meanwhile my cats are just like (laughs) playing footsies (laughs) through the door
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Adorable.
0: Beautiful stupid <laughs> creatures.
1: <laughs> I forgot about the cat POV in this in this movie too. Yeah.
0: Killer Just- cat P.O.V more again more of it I want more killer cat POV because it's like again that slasher like seeing with the eyes of the slasher and it's the cat's point of view oh it's so
3: good there's so many in this whole film there's so many cool shots that I again did not pay attention to when I was younger Mm -hmm. but like watching the and it was like this director's like first film which is also insane but watching like the special features when they talk about how they wanted to make all of the segments like distinct and like very different from each other So like in this segment, they had like all the the blue filters for like the past, um, yeah, the flashbacks and Mm -hmm. the the cat POV and all this
1: other really cool stuff. I loved the. uh... The transition, speaking of which to the flashback mm. in particular, there's one where he's having it where the old man is having a conversation with the hitman and the hitman is like on the right side of screen, he like his face comes in facing mm-hmm. and then the the man comes in facing and in the background all of a sudden like the the flashback is playing and I just yeah. the transition there is so good, but I it makes sense that you say that that they wanted each segment to be different because one of the things that I did notice is that each segment has um, its own composer. Mm. And the music is so very different from each segment that it it definitely gives each one its own, like, vibe.
3: That's really cool. Also, just a quick note on the different segments. I also found out that the the order that they appear in the film was not the original order of the segments. Oh, really? Yeah, which blows my... Like, the... I forget, Lover's Vow, the Gargoyle Mm -hmm. one, was supposed to be first. And they were going to end with the mummy... Which would have, like, changed fucking everything, in my opinion. Yeah. A, apparently, audiences, like, audiences are not a fan of the way it was.
0: Yeah, because I think The Mummy is the perfect intro. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the perfect, like, intro segment. And, and it, wow, that would have been... That would have changed the whole vibe of the movie.
3: Yeah, also, huh. just... I don't know if this is... It kind of fucked it up a little bit for me, but hopefully it won't ruin it for people listening. But there's also... You can tell that it's different, because in the, the wraparound... At one point, uh, because obviously if the segments are different, that means the kid is, like, telling the stories in a different order.
2: Mm -hmm. And
3: in the wraparounds, you can notice, because when she first walks in, when Debbie Harry first walks into the kitchen, she, like, puts the flowers down on the table. But then, like, the next time you see behind her is, like, a table full of, like, vegetables and shit. And then, like, later, one of the transitions out of, I forget which segment it is, but the transition out is, like, her cutting the flowers again. And, like, the vegetables are gone. So it's, like, the... The way they like had to, the editor had to move things around was a little weird. It's like now that you like, know it, you can't unsee it. But I still think it. Like, the way it plays now is perfect. The order they chose Whoa, is perfect. Oh,
0: I never noticed that. Yeah, I'm gonna forget that, so I never think about. It.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so did the, did the finale? Because the finale is what stuck out to me, and it's it's um, honestly, Andrew, the scene that I remember to this day of the yeah. cat going down his his throat <laughs> and then coming back oh. up his mouth. Did, yeah. did that did that affect
3: you at all as a kid? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't afraid of it, but yeah, I thought it was fucking awesome. And I still think yeah. it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's
0: so awesome. It, it's chest so, like, Bursters and Xenomorphs Who. Like, yeah. it is, oh my God.
3: <laughs> yeah, that, that's another awesome thing. Like, if you have the Scream Factory DVD to watch the behind the scenes stuff. Like, you can see how they filmed that part. Because apparently they had a oh. legendary effects guy, Dick Smith, was, like, a consultant on the movie. And it's, like, one part, like, K&B did all the effects, but there's one part where, like, the cat is halfway into his mouth. And he's just, like, shaking and it's kind of kind of funny, but also scary. And uh, the way they did it, it's, like, the back part, the tail is, like, an animatronic. Then it's, like, the cat is a prop. And then, like, on the, it's weird to say, cat stump but like there's a a, like a mouth (laughs) there's a mouthpiece just like on the cat uh, the part that between like the cat body and the guy's mouth there's like a mouthpiece where he had to hold on to it and then he had like the facial prosthetics to make it look like the cat was actually going into his mouth he was like shaking that around and stuff but yeah the part where the cat actually comes back out of his mouth the first part where you see the head push through is a prop but then the rest is an actual fucking cat were like right. forced to crawl out of like a small tube to, like stuff the cat in and like poked it from behind so it had no other way to go but like out of the mouth I was, was wondering
0: like... about that because I was like it, that looks like a real cat so how <laughs> the fuck did they get a cat to do that and now yeah, I know not the
3: most not the most like humane <laughs> thing to do but it looks amazing in the in the movie
0: it does it's so no cat disturbing were cats were technically harmed in the making of this movie <laughs>
3: not physically harmed just emotionally scarred but yeah that visual of the cat crawling out of the mouth is fucking terrifying
1: it really is. And I, that in particular held up. I don't necessarily think the cat going in. Like, I was <laughs> I was laughing hysterically at the, the image of, of this poor hitman with this cat's ass and tail just coming out of his mouth, waggling. And he's, like, forced to, like, shake his head around. To And it's the tail is just going wild. I There is, I agree, but there's one
3: uh, a close-up shot of it when he, like, tries to pull it out and then mm-hmm. it like goes back in. That's still a little unsettling. But, yes. yeah, as a whole, going in is just, like... It's pretty funny.
0: Just the, the image of like a cat just like going in and like like turning around, like doing a U turn in his stomach, and just coming back out like amazing.
3: It's so unexpected too. Like I don't know how I yeah. thought that like that segment was going to end the first time I saw it, but you definitely at not no point. That. Do you think yeah. it's like oh, it's an evil cat? Obviously, it's going to go down his fucking throat at some point. <laughs>
0: I know. I I thought I was some like scratch him to death, or he's had like, some weird infection from the cat. Exactly. I was like, like you get some weird thing. Nope, the cat just goes right down <laughs> his throat. It's amazing. It's so good. Like, no, it you is. wouldn't expect that, but he just fits right down the esophagus and just.
1: It is awesome. Well, and right. talking about like cats in general, I love that the last thing it does is he just sort of leaps into the old man's lap and just starts taking a bath as the old man is having a heart attack. <laughs> like if that that is a cat thing right there. Yeah, that's yeah. the most
0: cat bullshit I've ever seen. The old man,
3: uh played by William Hickey, yes. is also the voice of Dr. Finkelstein in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Which is right. Crazy. And he
0: looks he looks like <laughs> this segment, like, he looks like I'm like, that makes sense. It tracks. He kinda looks like Dr. Finkelstein. <laughs> Sorry, Liam Hickey, but
1: also like ironically, vibe. he was also in The Name of the Rose, that really boring medieval really? <laughs> Christian Slater ass movie. He was Terry's also in that movie. Yeah,
0: Yes. <laughs> um, so transitioning oh. to the last segment, lover's which Foul. is oh, man. lovers' vow, which Andrew you said scarred you the most. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like now,
3: seeing it now, it's like. The, what happens in it I, I don't know why I'm avoiding it like we're not talking spoilers but seeing, like knowing what happens in it now it's kind of like foreshadowed throughout the segment like as a kid the first time when the fucking when, she, when you discover that she's the gargoyle mm. I don't know why that was such a, a massive shock to me and just like fucked my shit up watching that segment it's just like and it's like Ray John, which is one of the most beautiful women in the world oh my god and you she's see her transform gorgeous into a fucking gargoyle just, oh my ugh. god
0: the the worst part is when like her skin is stretched over the face and like his yeah. like the head bops out and I was like, Oh no, this is some Hellraiser shit with just like the flesh <laughs> like over the head shape. And I, I knew that she was the gargoyle probably, but it still was very shocking.
3: Yeah, it's like throughout the whole thing you he's doing such a good job of like first of all, why are you drawing pictures of it? Like throughout like for <laughs> right. 10 years just like chill she told you don't mention it just don't mention it you don't have to be that kind of an artist and just like you have to get it out of your mind but
0: he did such I a have good to job exercise of... my demons
2: <laughs> yeah. art.
3: it's like for 10 years he did a, a great job of actually hiding the images from her and then like when he finally tells her you're like oh you fucking idiot
2: She's yeah like, you
3: promise you never tell and He was like oh. oh no
1: that line i you know Watching this as an adult, like I, I was I was with you, Andrew, when I first saw this as a kid that blew my mind. I was like, what? <laughs> and then the, the two little kids coming out as gargoyles. Oh, how tragic. That's, it's so sad. Oh, but I like, know. As an adult, I'm like, OK, but. But why? Why did the gargoyle do this to begin with? Why did he <laughs> have to? Why did he kill his, his friend? And then the the long con he just <laughs> wanted love. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that that was the one thing that I did pick up. As an adult is that, you know, it's the gargle statue has been staring down at him, perched Mm -hmm. up on the on the ceiling through the skylight. So, like, I can kind of get maybe that interest there. But I'm like, but why did you have to kill his friend? Like, why are you (laughs) showing yourself this way as you're like ripping his.
3: That's another awesome shot,
1: though. I mean, that slaps the friend's head off. (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) Loved it.
0: I got. I got major American Werewolf in London vibes, and like he tears off mm. the side of his face, and he's like, "Help me!" and his eye is just kind of <laughs> hanging out there, and it's just torn to shreds, and then the head just fucking Flying. flies
3: off. What would you guys do in that situation? Would you like if you saw your friend murdered by a gargoyle, and then it like
1: fucking talks to you in well, the alley? <laughs> one, I'd be glad that I just peed because otherwise, I'd probably I probably pissed myself. I, yeah. Um. Too? Yeah, I would fucking, I would, I probably wouldn't last very long. I would not last ten years, but I would be sorry I promise, I would never. And I'd be like, oh my god, you guys, this fucking gargoyle <laughs> just. Five minutes <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like running and, and running into Ray don Chong and being like, hey, I just saw this fucking gargoyle like murder someone, and they would've been like, over listen, there. Lady,
3: listen, lady, get out of this alley. There's a fucking gargoyle decapitating people out here. Uh,
0: but wait, what did he say? He got into like a fight with a whiskey bottle or something when she's like what's yeah, that bottle sco- like, what's yeah. this- i was like what <laughs> i would not have. i would have like mm, i don't know but if i saw that in an alley i probably would just freeze i probably wouldn't know what to do i probably just like sit there and then it would talk to me and I'd just nod my head and then maybe pass <laughs> out i like i don't i don't think i would know
2: yeah,
1: Man, be- a lot to process i had one too many beers that night <laughs>
0: <laughs> like what was in my beer that I'm now seeing a a giant gargoyle whose design is v- amazing by oh, the way. It's like it's really good. I love these movies because they just did a full on like giant gargoyle.
1: Yeah. Like practical so, so effects.
0: Good. It's so good.
3: I think I tweeted recently the director in the special features he has like two statues of it in his like home. Yeah, and I, I saw that. I really want someone to like remake those and sell it because I would buy one right now
1: hell yeah can we talk about the daughter though the the oh, scene oh my god where they show up at, at, at the house and it's their 10th anniversary and the daughter says you mean when you thought he was going to push you up against the wall and rape you yeah. like this is the conversation <laughs> you're having with your little daughter
3: yeah and she just looks at the job and she's like like what, yeah that's a weird mother daughter relationship like hey kids i met your dad in the alley once and uh i thought he was going to rape me but now we're happily
1: married and you guys are here so that was like that was a what the fuck moment for me
0: to be honest i had to i did um rewind whatever (laughs) i was like hold on what the fuck (laughs) did your daughter just be very frank about how y'all met because that is a hello let's tell the story of how we met to our children when they're very young and like imagine uh, you imagine you like her saying it to a teacher at school yes <laughs> kids, kids are the stupidest shit so like oh by the way like my mom and dad met because my mom thought my dad was going a rape her in an alleyway it's like oh are you safe Speaking like of
3: which why did what is it corolla i forget what the character's name oh, is carola Carol. Why would she go with him in the? First, I mean, obviously she's a gargoyle, so we know why. But like, if she wasn't, why would you just go with this random drunk guy? who's like, <laughs> oh yeah, come back to my apartment. You can call a, a taxi, a taxi, taxi. from me? I was like,
2: what?
3: <laughs> no, thank you. I'll take right? my chances was, on the
1: street.
0: I just like came over and then we had sex. And um, by the way, can I live here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that escalation was very quick.
0: I know. it mean, like, is a
3: pretty. a pretty nice like artist loft. I would would want to get in on that too. But I mean,
0: that's fair. true. <laughs> hey, uh, can I crash here for a bit? <laughs> you got enough space.
3: It's better I just, than the, the rooftop she was living on. So
0: <laughs> that's true. I always love in these movies where the artist is completely broke and has the biggest fucking studio like uh, I've ever seen. I'm like, what York. are you ta- like? You're broke, really? How can you I like, afford I think it? Rent
3: was like rent was like thirty five dollars back then. Though, so
0: <laughs> true.
3: It's like, like Basquiat and those guys. I'm sure they like when they had no money. They probably all had insane lofts like that too. There's probably like eight people living in it. But so
0: that's true. Maybe <laughs> that's the thing though. You usually have like a ton of people living in it, and you make your own loft beds and like build your own like cubbies. But I, <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
3: Um, Yeah, and the art he was making at the time, he was not selling any... I don't know why he had an agent, because he wasn't selling shit anyway.
1: No. (laughs) 10% of nothing is nothing. (laughs) That line, (laughs) it's like, oh, that's... (laughs) That's cruel. And then of course that ten years later when, when her when her daughter says that about the, when they first meet, she also says, Yes, darling, it's also the night that Wyatt here gave him the shaft. Like <laughs> they're conversation <laughs> like what I, I wanna know what kind of conversations have you had with your kids over the last like ten years? It's I mean, she's a, she's a gargoyle. She doesn't know like yeah.
3: etiquette between like parents and kids. <laughs>
0: That's that's a very good point. She was that a very a convincing human, I will say. And it oh, is so like gorgeous. it's so sad at the end when uh. they're like I loved you but you broke your vow and it's just so sad. But okay, I will say she tears out his throat, but it would have been even more fucked up if she let him live. I will say that. Mm and just but, all left with the kids. Just left with the kids and was like you have to live with this for the rest of your life. Like Ugh, and no one's going to fucking believe no one's going to fucking believe you that your wife and children turned into gargoyles
1: <laughs> and are now perched outside of your skylight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh. At least the,
3: the agent was really smart in that scene when he, like, heard the oh, scream and just, like, yes. got in a taxi and fucked off. He was like, Yeah, I don't want to know what that is.
0: If that's <laughs> not the most city living shit I've ever seen, it's <laughs> like, I don't want to know. I don't care. I'm getting in my cab and fucking leaving. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. like, I want nothing to do with this. Because <laughs> I thought he was going to get got. Like, they do yeah. a really mm-hmm. good job setting it up that, like, he's the next victim.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely thought he was going to go back to the apartment.
0: I thought she was going to pop out and just kill him in the street. Like, I had no idea. (laughs) I I thought, like, he was going to, like, it's going to be a parallel from the beginning in in an alleyway. But, nope, he just gets into his cab and is like, nope, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I do
2: not care.
1: (laughs) 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 Uh, But then we get to the, so we get the wraparound, finally. And what, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't, I think of the stories, the wraparound is, is, is fine. It does its job of, of connecting the stories together in a way. Mm-hmm. But I will say that what I did love about it, watching this this time is the kind of meta narrative at the end where the kid starts like narrating his own daring escape and then yeah. ends up sending her in the oven and then looks at the camera and breaks the fourth wall directly and says, don't you love happy endings? Because this was in like 1990 and I, you know, everyone credits like, you know, scream with being and to a lesser degree, like uh, a new nightmare as being like a meta narrative. But the way that this ended, I was like, "Oh, that's actually kind of that's kind of fun and smart and winky in a way that I don't think it gets credit for." I agree. <laughs> very very good point, Terry. All right, yeah.
0: bye, <laughs> bye, guys. <We> just <laughs>
1: pat myself on my back.
0: <laughs> were the cookies the
1: kid?
3: Were like chips a lot or something? <laughs> yes. Off-brand chips. cookies. Chips a
0: lot.
1: <laughs> These are not chips ahoy. <laughs> so okay so this anthology versus of course you know it it does live in the shadow of of creep show
3: which i had not seen until i guess maybe a few years ago so oh really so So you don't have that
1: that nostalgia
3: it's where with movies like creep show and like some other i guess like quote-unquote classic horror movies i feel like i've seen them just because they're like in the in the ether of yeah everything like you you know like that the Raph is in like Creep Show too and you know mm-hmm. like all these random facts about things, so it feels like you've seen him even if you haven't. Just so, like for in my for my entire life I thought I saw Creep Show and I definitely had not. So wow. I didn't have that as a comparison when I watched Ooh. um
1: Tales from the Dark Side. Did you grow up watching Creep Show, Mary Beth?
2: Okay, had I you did. seen him? I okay. had seen
0: it. Like it was like so I didn't. I've talked about how I haven't seen a t- I haven't seen a ton of classics as a kid, but this was the one that, like my dad really wanted to show me. He was like, "This is the quintessential horror movie that you need to see." Like almost marketing it as a kids' movie, like it felt like it it wasn't a kids. It's similar to this, like it almost kind of felt like a kids' movie, mm-hmm. but it was a little bit fucked up. Well, a, a lot of it <laughs> fucked up, I guess. Um, but I always remember the first segment with the with the birthday. And like a yeah. guy coming out of the grave. That was my favorite one. And then the roach one terrified me. And so ever since that, I have been terrified of roaches. So living in a city that has a roach problem is a <laughs> fucking nightmare for me. Um, <laughs> but I grew up with Creep Show and I'd seen it a couple times. And we always joked about like meteor shit. Like that was a joke <laughs> in my family about like about um, Stephen King. That's what I found out what Stephen King looked like, and it did not match what I thought he looked like. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> did not match. Um, yeah. What about you, Terry? You grew up with the group show, right?
1: I, you know, I did. I, I, I remember the first one a lot more. I, The second one, I know I had seen before because when I revisited it a few years ago, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I remember all these, these anthology segments, but that's not the one that I would remember a lot. And I'll be honest, I... I think that as a whole, I do think that Tales from the Dark Side is a stronger set of um, anthology segments to some of. Correct. To to Creepshow. the correct answer. (laughs) (laughs) I think Creepshow have like one, maybe two in each one that are like really, really good. But I think as Mm -hmm. a whole. Yeah. I don't think they hold up. And I know that that's like blasphemy on the Internet because Creepshow is everyone loves Creepshow. But they just never really did it for me. But this one tales from the dark side the movie is my favorite still to this day this rewatch like reaffirmed it for me nice
3: yeah growing up it was always uh anthology wise it was tales from the dark side and tales from the hood mm. for me which is another one oh. watched religiously as kids i i don't know why that one was i mean besides the fact that it's like the quote it's like the black anthology whatever right. that
1: means but right. i think
3: it was just for some reason it was just like more popular for me, growing up, than Creepshow and all those other ones.
1: Well, and I mean, you were—you said you were born in '88, so that I mean, that also mm-hmm. makes sense because you know th- that came out in '95, so that was probably like that kind of heyday of watching horror movies for you, yeah, I would think, true. as a kid. Where it's like, for me, I would I would have been nine when uh, Tales from the Dark Side came out, and so I think it's like, I think it might be just that that certain age group that you you fall into. Yeah.
3: There's more anthologies that I realized. I feel like that just like, I feel like there's like a top like five, maybe that everyone references, but there's like a shit ton of anthologies out there. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen half of them.
0: Yeah. And I just, I was just looking at the list of the creep show segments and I've, forgot about a couple of them and i forgot they also forgot there were so many like i liked mm, in this one lot. how there was only three and they were longer mm-hmm. it, it kind of set up a more especially with the last one like an emotional connection to the story it didn't feel rushed like it was a they were more kind of fleshed out stories that were more than just like shocking moments and again i love creep show this is not saying i don't like creep show but i think tales from the dark side is a better movie
3: they both have the uh romero connection though. Yeah. which
1: is yeah. pretty cool. and king connection because uh because he wrote um the short story that cat from hell is based on i do want to kind of bring up there's something that I, I realized while i was doing some research on this um th- one of the the screenwriters behind it michael mcdowell he wrote um two of the segments he wrote lot 249 and he wrote lover's vow he I, it, it makes me really sad because um, I, I'm looking – I was looking up information about him and he was a gay man that was writing a lot of books. He wrote um, a series of four detective novels in the 80s featuring a gay protagonist that was a bartender at night or during the day and then – like a, or during the night and a detective at other times. But he wrote this. He wrote um, – he worked on a lot of – he worked on a couple episodes of Amazing Stories, Alfred Hitchcock Presents um, – Tales from the Crypt and Tales from the Dark Side. Then he also co-wrote Beetlejuice and the first uh, script that would eventually become A Nightmare Before Christmas. And then he also, what also got me thinking about this, Andrew, was you said you would watch Thinner and he also collaborated on that adaptation. And then he unfortunately passed away in 1999 from AIDS at the age of 49. Mm. And I think about how many, I think about where he would be today if we didn't – if AIDS was not a thing that unfortunately took so many different gay creatives at that time. And it just it, – it makes me sad because like his output, if you look at his, his books that he wrote, if you look at the movies that he was attached to, I mean, this is a man that at 49, he was – he had created a hell of a career. And I, I just, it makes me sad that we don't get to see any more of that.
3: Yeah, it's a bummer. Even just the ones you named, that's a, a hell of a resume. Yeah, It
0: really is. It's always so sad to think about how AIDS just, like you said, got rid of so many creative minds and creative thinkers and amazing people Um, and like what the world would have looked like. It's always, you know, don't think about what could have been, but it's hard not to when these amazing creators' lives were cut short.
3: Yeah, especially when there's so many assholes still (sighs) making right movies now. <laughs> so many
0: assholes and like our just our government failed an entire like huge groups of people and it just again there's still assholes out there making movies cool
1: in kind of a little uplifting note though um he had an unfinished novel that was completed by tabitha king stephen king's wife and published in 2006 oh. so that's kind of a nice little Turnabout because he, you know, worked. Stephen King, it said he was quoted as Stephen King was quoted as saying that he's like, uh, what did he say? It was uh, the finest writer of paperback originals in America today. So, like, Hmm. it's just uh, it's just like I saw that and I'm like, man, I I didn't know about this man. I didn't know anything about him until doing research for this for the show. And now I really want to go back and read some of his detective novels that he wrote. Yeah, it's just it's it, it just it makes me really like sad, I guess, to think about because he was diagnosed in 94 and then he passed away five years later. Mm. And I think about that time of like, you know, he's obviously I mean, it's not an easy disease to to die from. So he was obviously struggling yeah. in that in that five year period. And you see that like his one real big output was collaborating on on thinner at that point. And it's just he passed away in the middle of writing a sequel to Beetlejuice like that was what he was working oh on my at the God. time so it's just uh it's just i mean not to bring down the podcast on an, on a note on the It'll very be, end but it's, it's too late I... <laughs> <laughs> what a what a bummer terry i'm sorry
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but it's important we... to talk about and remember the history
3: it is bro. yeah
0: so on that note um <laughs> sorry let's guys keep this ar- no don't apologize <laughs> Let's give us our ratings out of five. Terry, how many stomach cats (laughs) out of five do you give Tales (laughs) from the Dark Side?
1: Oh, man. I struggle with the rating from this because my my thoughts of this movie are so tinged with nostalgia. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I will say that While it doesn't get the same credit as Creepshow did, I think, like we said before, I think it's in a lot of ways a better anthology. It's more solid. Each of the segments feels like its own self-contained story. They feel wildly different from each other. And they tackle different themes of of love, of the sort of rich people getting their comeuppance. Because that was another thing we didn't really talk about, about the, the cat one, where he was a pharmaceutical person that had... Tested all of his stuff on on cats. Like these aren't mm-hmm. nice people, and they're getting their comeuppance. And I love that it it is that kind of while it's rated R and it's incredibly gory in in a lot of in a lot of ways. It feels very close to um something that would be marketed to kids, especially in like the the late eighties. And so it just I I think this movie is great. I think it's held up really well. I think the effects really well. And I think it it showcased a lot of talent that would become huge. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, not not just even in front of the camera. But, I mean, Greg Nicotero worked on the makeup effects. Uh, Gosh, what's his name? Kurtzman. Is it Robert Kurtzman? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Worked on the effects and would eventually go on to do, like... He's working with Gerald's Game and working with uh, Flanagan and stuff. So these are all, like, creatives that eventually grew up to be huge in horror. And I think that's fantastic. So I – gosh – I hate to cut a cat in half, but I'm going to half, but I'm going <laughs> to give it four and a half uh, stomach cats out of five for me personally. But, you know, uh, maybe a ha- one to one and a half of those cats <laughs> might be nostalgia. But I think I, I love this movie. What about you, Mary Beth?
0: I agree. Because, I mean, I don't even have nostalgia for this movie. And I agree with a four and a half stomach cats out of five. Nice. I think that Poor cat. this is such an amazing display of special effects and like what is so amazing about movies from that era in terms of gore and just experience. And what things that we don't see as much anymore and like what people were willing to do to create these amazing films. And it's fun. And it's gross. And it's everything I love about horror movies. And I just had such a blast watching it even now as someone who hasn't who hadn't grown up seeing it watching it or like really hearing about it. So I agree with that rating. But Andrew, you have the final word. How many stomach cats out of five do you give Tales from the Dark Side? I'm pretty sure I know your answer, but.
3: <laughs> Funny <laughs> enough, I think I will also go four and a half. Um, that poor cat. I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they cut it in half for the, the going into the mouth scene. So. Very, true. Like, Very true. Very <laughs> true. Uh, I wish I could go five. I mean, fuck it. I'll go five. Hell yeah. I'll, I'll save that. All right. Save that All half right. a cat. It's, the cat it's really is, <laughs> it really is my, I think, my favorite anthology I mean obviously I haven't seen a lot of of the ones I've seen it is my favorite horror anthology and I think all the segments are solid the last one is just still fucking heartbreaking and amazing at the same time and just like everything about it is
1: just so good Hell yeah. Well, Hell thank, you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> thank you
1: so much, Andrew, for joining us to talk about uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. And I'm so thankful that you brought this because, again, I love this movie so much. So where can our listeners find you and what do you have that you'd like to share?
3: Yeah. Uh, first, I would like to apologize to anyone who's made it this far in the podcast. They're really scraping the bottom of the
1: barrel. Oh, if I have me on here. I've been begging uh, <laughs> for you to come on for like <laughs> nine months.
0: I'm just shaking, I'm just shaking my head slowly. Just say, like, God damn it.
3: They can't, they can't see you, Mary <laughs> It doesn't count.
0: Um, you, you would be surprised how many times I do that after doing this for like a year and a half. I'm like, uh-huh. they can't fucking see me. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. no,
3: seriously, thanks. Thanks, you guys for having me on. Um, people can find me on Twitter with all my, my hot takes at, uh what's my Twitter? Laptop, same something like that. Laptop underscore Lassane, I think it is. Yeah. i don't i don't tweet myself so <laughs> <laughs> um or you can find me on instagram at i want custom shoes and i guess i should make a note i recently during black history month i randomly one morning just decided that i'm not uh taking any custom sneaker commissions in 2021 that aren't uh like of black characters in films or that aren't from films that are direct, that aren't like, basically if it's a film by like a straight white man with all straight white characters, I won't be making custom shoes for it in this year. Hell yeah. Because I want to do more, more diverse things. I don't Hell know. Hell yeah. It has cut down on the, the number of requests, obviously, but I'm I'm fine with that. I got a full time job anyway, so.
0: I love that. Um. So listen, listeners, you've heard from us, but you've heard, oh, for fuck's sake, (laughs) (laughs) so close. Oh, so close but so far um so listeners you've heard from us but we want to hear from you what was your experience with tales from the dark side which do you prefer creep show or tales from the dark side There's wrong answers answer. not accepted <laughs> <laughs> um so send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast podcast at gmail.com or you can reach out directly to us on twitter i am at mb mcandrews
1: and i'm a gaily dreadful
0: and don't forget to follow the podcast on twitter at scarred podcast
1: And please, please review, rate, and subscribe.
0: Please. Please. Um, Thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe out there. But most
1: importantly, stay creepy. And until next time.